Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Witch podcast with me, Carly. I hope you are all well, witches. I'm really excited as today I have my good friend on the show, Mark Wentworth. Mark is a color specialist and global color ambassador. He has been studying and working with the transformational power of color for 34 years. He describes color as a sign language of the soul. Mark has developed a method called Color Psychodynamics, which is a way of translating that language into personal color codes. The sole mission and purpose is to guide and support people in becoming who they were born to be. He is the author of Add a Little Color to Your Life, as well as working internationally teaching about the power of color. Hello, Mark. Lovely to have you here. Thank you. Thank you. And when, isn't it always funny when you actually kind of hear your own biography being read back to you and you go, is that really me? <laughs> <laughs> I think that all the time. It sounds like a real, a real person, a real serious person when I hear that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> like a real grown-up. Lovely yes. to have you on, Mark. So oh, Mark okay. and I work together and become firm friends. We both work together on um, a retreat that we do up at Ballingdon Hall, up in Sudbury, which is, isn't it like the most amazing experience that we get to have? <laughs> oh my God, it is kind of like, not only, am I do, not only are we doing what we love and sharing what we love, but people can say, how is it? And I just said, do you know, it's just lovely that people also cook for me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's just absolutely what an opportunity, honestly. And I get, you know, get to work with you and some amazing people, honestly, like such a great team. Mark, I really, really ha- look up to Mark. Like Mark's work is amazing. There's so many nuggets of golden information that I've picked up from Mark just in the middle of like conversation. So actually us recording this today, Mark, I've just um, recorded a little bit about the sin eaters because that was something that you told me all about. So there's so many bits like that, that I picked up from you that I'm just, you know, fascinated on. So yes, you're very inspiring. Thank you very much. (laughs) You know, and that, that the sin eaters, oh my God, I absolutely love it. And yet it's lo- it, it, I just love the whole concept of it. Oh, honestly, like the moment you told me about that, I was obsessed. You know, I went down the rabbit hole, had to read a book about it, like just really and truly went into it. And I think we are along, you know, we have got some similar, you know, pagany kind of interests. I mean, there's lots of bits that 
I know you do. And actually, although um, Mark does, you know, Mark does a lot of work on colour, but a lot of it also links into past lives, which is of, you know, very much of interest to myself. We've done a lot of work about that on the podcast. And I had a very deeply moving moment in one of Mark's workshops in regards to a past life of mine. So we are very, very like, I'm so fortunate to have you on today. And I really think the podcast listeners will feel the same um, because I just think, yes, you really, really do some amazing workshops. I'm really excited to get into this today. Great. Okay. <laughs> so <clears throat> let's talk about, let's talk about past lives, shall we? Let's, so let me just tell you is, I don't know if it's the same with you, Carly, but um, I never remember a moment when I had to really consider, do I believe in past lives or not? It's more, it was more a case of when people talked about them and it was like, yeah, and there was never, a, uh, do I believe in it or not? And it was like, oh yeah, it's kind of obvious. What what if you don't believe in past lives and obviously you maybe have a go at this workshop today or what what do you say to people when they bring that up in one of your workshops? Well, you know, it's not it's the way I work with it. It's neither pr to prove or disprove whether they kind of exist. Um, yes, I personally I do believe in them mainly because it's something I've always believed, but also through the work and the experiences that I've had, both in my own stories and working with other people. Uh, to me, it says absolutely. Um, but also we could look at it. You've heard of kind of Carl Jung and Carl Jung says maybe sometimes we need to borrow stories uh, from the collective unconscious to actually help us understand something about ourselves that we couldn't understand as our personality. So let's say, for example, maybe I'm very calm. Uh, I don't never get angry or anything like that. Maybe I need to borrow a story from the collective of this kind of, I don't know, ang very angry Roman gladiator. <laughs> in order for me to understand something about Mark. Yes, I resound with that. And I think sometimes we hear stories in history or of old and we are, there's just this kind of deep soul knowing that that feels familiar. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And just to, and just to actually kind of uh, put a bit of context to the whole thing of uh, reincarnation is, I don't know whether you know, but up until about, I think it's around about the third century, um, reincarnation was actually included in the Bible, but it was removed. <laughs> that doesn't, yeah. <laughs> um, so, there's two versions of why it was removed. Um, and it was the time of, I think it was Emperor Constantine, because he was the one who had it removed. Um, and I think it's around about the third century. But there's two versions of why it was removed. One was the fact that um, because, let's say, everyone believed in it, uh, people were less controllable because they say, well, that's all right. If I die, I'll come back. I'll come back another time. That's uh... one version. So it was more about people didn't feel so worried or didn't have such a, let's say, a fear of death. Um, 
And that's one version. The other version is the fact that he and his wife could not bear the thought that they may be reincarnated by anything lesser than an emperor and an empress. Well, and it's so funny you say this about the Bible conversation, because I have a friend whose mum was very, very close to a member of Alistair Crowley's coven. Mm -hmm. And they had always and believed that they had proof or a section of the Bible or someone that had like um, a lot of reference to witches, but in high regard, almost as, you know, like the medicine women, like that ran throughout it but again like that had all been whipped out yeah. so there are many parts that i yeah. you know i have heard that have been whipped out because it didn't suit the narrative yep absolutely so it's just kind of like i, I don't know about the other kind of religions as well but you know so it's just there so it's just um knowing that it's been part of many many belief systems of this almost like kind of eternal life of the soul it's almost like this eternal return and in um in buddhism where they do very much believe in uh kind of reincarnation and past lives is they say what keeps us coming back is something they call samskaras and a samskara is ancient Sanskrit. And basically what that means, it means wound to the soul. <gasps> and the wound, it is the wound to the soul that keeps us almost like on this karmic wheel of reincarnation. Yes, that would make sense. So ultimately, though, they might be like our reasons to come back and heal that wound, I guess, or... And, and it's more about kind of how can I, as a soul, how can I evolve? How can I, um, let's say, untangle and disentangle from these stories? And it's always, if I talk as me, I'm talking sort of like from a soul perspective. It's, um, it's like saying, well, I need to learn this lesson in order to evolve and grow. So it's constantly about growth and evolvement. Evol yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, I, I don't want to give away too much. Like I'm really yeah. hesitant to say anything because yeah. I, I, I'm not actually going to go into what I'm going to go into because I think you're going to cover it yeah. anyway. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. going to hold back and shut up. <laughs> All right. Okay. So think of it like this. Okay. We can talk about, you know, I can talk about the Buddhist aspect and the, um, oh, you know, kind of reincarnation, samskara, wounds to the soul. But if we put it in today's language, I like to think of it like this is it's like we have this access to this amazing vast DVD collection. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and let's say a common one, let's say you meet someone and you meet someone and you go, oh, wow, this is great. Yeah, we're really connecting. Yeah, you may feel that. Oh, we feel like I feel like I've met this person before, which sometimes can be a little bit of a, a trap because maybe you feel that and you go, oh, yeah, we've met. We've known each other before. We've shared many past lives together. And maybe three months down the line, you realize why you haven't seen that person for the last <laughs> 2000 years. And you hope you never see them for the same amount of time again. 
<laughs> you know, so it's always being careful when we talk about, oh, yes, I've known, we've known each other before. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> the instant spark. Especially in that instant spark. Yes. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> but let's say there's not that. So, um, you meet someone and you go, wow, this is amazing. And you're getting on. But deep in your unconscious, this is how I like to think mm -hmm. of it. Deep in your unconscious, there's this little finger that's kind of flicking through DVB collection. And it's going to the genre relationships, unresolved relationship issues from past life. And then it says, oh, yes. And it chooses the most perfect one and it selects the DVD. And then it pushes play. That unsolved story then gets played out in your unconscious, in your mind, and starts getting projected onto this other person and the story of the relationship. My DVD catalogue there is very vast. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure if you sat down and sort of really, and this is, you know, any kind of any kind of patterns because what we're because basically what we're looking at is repeating patterns yes well there's lots that have been repeated so <laughs> yeah. but yeah. no i absolutely agree with that i absolutely agree with that i think i love that dv dvd analogy as well because i remember you 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 kind of looked at that in the workshop and i think it's a brilliant way to yeah absolutely to, to look at it you know, and it's also an interesting one beyond the past life one. It's always sometimes interesting to sit back and look at your life so far and say, and say, well, if my life were a film, what genre would it fit in? Would it be romantic comedy? Would it be tragedy? Would it be horror? You know, it's always a really interesting and quite fun thing to do to consider what genre of film would be would my life be up till today it's really funny you say that because the only area of my life that i find when you say about the relationship side yeah. i've actively taken myself out of dating or anything because i had you know like i've had some amazing relationships like i have genuinely i've had um you know i've had some real terrors but I find that the, the one thing that I know I'm working through is I always attract addicts, always. So that's kind of like the bit I'm kind of, I've got to really work on. Mm -hmm. um, so like, yeah, but it's, it's hard because sometimes you can know that you're like, you're, you've got tragedies. Like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, not tragedies, like, you know, like they're just like yeah. terrible patterns. And sometimes you can know but it's like, oh, how do you crack it? I, yeah, I mean, I'm, it's just hard, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I need to change that narrative because I can't keep saying that because it will continue to be hard. But it's just sometimes <laughs> like, you know, you just got to figure it out. And yeah. Yeah, and, and that's a, to me, that's the benefit of, let's say, exploring past lives. Yeah, we can kind of, you know, there can be this sort of curiosity of, oh, who was I before? What, what was this? But for me, it's it's more about the kind of the healing of it, using it as a tool for healing. Mm -hmm. yes. You know, I use um, an example of a lady I worked with in relation to, let's say, um, 
working with herbs and aromatherapy and she desperately wanted to train and using herbs like being a herbalist aromatherapist etc and blending her own oils and yet every time she signed up for a course um just before the course started she would always get ill she would always get fever Mm. and she just could not could not get through kind of you know and so she there was a part of her that said oh you know uh maybe it's a sign maybe it's just telling me that i shouldn't do it you know maybe there's a reason and yes absolutely because you know we kind of we talk about following intuition and saying well if i'm being blocked maybe there's a reason for it being blocked but maybe if we almost like opened the lens a little bit further and opened it sort of like took a much bigger perspective and looked at it on a soul level what what is the story behind the story so i'm always asking people so what's the story looking for the story behind the story yes oh so your narrative like what what is the maybe like perhaps like past life issue that's giving mm -hmm. you the current story yep. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So there's okay, there's this outer story playing in the mm. here and now. But as you as you know, the um kind of unconscious soul uh doesn't have doesn't exist on the same time zone as we do. Oh, I love this because this for me as well feeds into the shamanic belief that anything we heal in the other world heals in our current reality. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. if you think about it, everything is frequency and vibration. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, it's really funny because I have always, you know, I was kind of saying about my narrative and things that come up for me. And one of the words that you saying that I'm really hesitant to use now is block. I used to use that word a lot when it yeah. came to like shadow work, so on and so on. But now my kind of way of looking at it, and I heard this recently, and I was like, that is a huge game changer for shadow work, manifesting, everything, um, is like, no, there's not a block. You need to change up the frequency. So you need to move from this particular frequency that isn't seeing you right. It's not taking you where you need to be. It's not helping you work through things. I'm looking at it more that perspective, like shifting yeah. the frequency so yep. that you move from that rather than insisting it's a block if that makes sense yes, yes exactly yep. very it's much more empowering i find like when i think yep. on that so yeah it's a good a good language to use and words have such power oh absolutely yes mm. so we the lady was like thinking well now that you know there's something more to this yeah okay it could be it could be a sign to say don't do it i'm walking down the wrong path but uh she'd listened to a talk i'd given about past lives and so we said let's explore it and long story short what she found was a story where she was herbalist aromatherapy you know all the uh medicine woman of the past and yes, in the traditional sense, she was persecuted. And interesting, she was she in her story, uh, she was burned. Oh. So every time she kept trying to sign up for these courses, interesting, she always developed fever. 
which is kind of, you know, <laughs> symbolic meta. You could say, well, that's kind of an, an old memory of kind of a, you know, I guess. Like heat and- yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, and of course, you know, think of it like this on a soul level. She signs up but consciously. Her personality today says, oh, I really want to do this because clearly it's connecting with something. But equally, the unresolved, the unhealed wound says, no way. Look what happened last time I did this. And this is really common, I believe. Like, not obviously this woman's story is one of a kind. But many, you know, people that identify as witches, I'm going to say, like, I think on what we're doing today, a lot of our listeners will think, wow, that's me, like that's stopping me from pursuing my path perhaps more along like the the witchy side of things. I don't know what happened there, Mark, that's bizarre. I think that a lot of witches will, you know, kind of, you know, understand that perhaps past life situations have actually, you know, stopped them from doing certain things in this reality because of memories from that lifetime. Absolutely. You know, kind of, and so after working with that, she was and kind of healing that story. She was able to actually sign up and do the wow. course, and she and she passed, and she was an amazing kind of herbalist, uh, aromatherapist, because she then tapped in to the wisdom that she'd had in that other life. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's so powerful. I mean, that's an example in relation to kind of like um, all you kind of witches out there. But equally, you know, coming back to what you were saying, Carly, about relationship in the sense of that could be every time, let's say we go into a relationship, we trigger an old story Mm -hmm. and maybe we start maybe in a past life, um, we've had a story where someone's left us. So we feel abandoned. So when we come up in, when we meet someone in this life, we always have this fear that they're going to leave me. So then we act, our behaviors then start to become very possessive. Yeah. And so the person does actually leave us. So it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But actually it's the story behind the story, which actually starts the whole process in the first place. It's so funny you say this because, you know, it's kind of like we have talked about this on the podcast, but like you saying that, that that can create an issue in this lifetime. It's a bit like when people have perhaps, well, some people kind of incarnate, don't they, with skills and talents and knowledge and so on, but they have no real, you know, way they can explain that they have. It's same like when people go on to have perhaps like soul retrievals and so on. I know we're looking at this from the other perspective yeah. of like perhaps yeah. the more hindering issues. Yeah. But, you know, they, it's, you know, we, we talk more about the positives. Yeah. Um, same as if you have like a soul retrieval, you can often, you know, some people re- purport to, you know, say, well, I have had this come up and I don't know how this fits in with my experience of life thus far. But ever since I had the soul retrieval, this seems to have been reincarnated with my current soul parts from maybe my former life it's yeah it's, it's interesting to look at perhaps more of the 
I don't want to say negatives, but yeah, like like you say, the wounds. Yeah. Um, to to kind of balance out that other episode we have had so far. Yeah, and it's so I like to think of talking about kind of soul retrieval. Uh, sometimes, uh, uh, like soul retrieval, from what I understand, is very much kind of taught about retrieving parts of the soul from. Uh, let's say from this current life, mm. but I believe my view is kind of when we do past life work, we're doing soul retrieval, literally of the soul. But yes. from a yeah, broader yeah. perspective, <laughs> yeah, from whatever whatever lifetime, it's yep. true. I think yes. I, I think you're right. I uh, had an account from one of my patrons recently. He had a soul retrieval, and she did feel like parts from another life had come in and it's true i think we go into these thinking we are just looking at the current soul but we truly aren't it is all yeah yeah and it's Not also current, soul, current lifetime sorry yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 um also it's when we do this when we heal when we kind of clear and when i say heal what i'm talking about is basically finishing the unfinished business yes yes you know, kind of because the story you can't change, but what you can change is the emotional and mental belief that you left that life with. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, in the in Buddhist in Buddhism, they kind of say the most important thing is to die as consciously as possible. Mm hmm. Yes. And say so in the work, we're always questioning kind of what was your last thought? What was your last feeling? Because it's those thoughts and feelings that then become, going back to what I was saying at the beginning, the samskaras, the kind of the wounds to the soul. So if I die, let's say in another life, I die with the thought of I'll always be alone. That then becomes the wound that the samskara that I arrive in a next life with you're almost cursing yourself aren't you if you went on to kind of be on your deathbed and and thinking yeah oh yep. that was it you know i i had a terrible life terrible like yeah anything that you put out there i guess yeah because it, it's coming back because it's coming back to that point of if you think of death as a kind of a me like a huge one of the biggest transformations birth and death uh, one of the uh we have many transformations but birth and death are probably the biggest that we'll experience and if you think of the energy and the emotion and the intensity that is present in though in that moment is that's why the last thought the last feeling is so intense and that's why it gets imprinted into the soul oh yes i would like to think because we there's something I heard recently and he said, if you are scared of death, you almost have to kind of live life, uh, like kind of, you have to like really embrace life to embrace death, if that makes sense. And yeah. I think you're, what you said about the Bible and them taking out, you know, if that, if that were the case that they took out about reincarnation, then dying would have been such a scarier prospect. Whereas if you believe in reincarnation, and again, you know, I'm very comfortable with death. I, 
I'm comfortable with myself dying, more fearful of losing people I love. But I think a lot of the listeners to this show and, you know, you and I, we are more likely to, you know, probably be in our final moments and be quite grateful and maybe graceful and, you know, hope one would hope and less fearful of it. So one would hope that we go on into the next life without bearing so much. Well, sense one would hope <laughs> yeah exactly one would from a mindset one, perspective one would hope that yes. we might be more fortuitous in this next life yes. yes yes one would hope but actually kind of death itself is not the problem it's almost like how it happens and the circumstances surrounding it that become the problem oh okay this is a whole other factor that i haven't considered <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is true because i guess if you were kind of well of, of course you know if you were like put you know put to the stake and burnt well then that's going to have an impact um yeah, yeah, yeah. of course yeah yes so the, you know kind of the actual let's say the actual death, <gasps> the death itself is not the problem it's the circumstances <laughs> surrounding it that is i think i'm being really naive thinking oh hopefully i'm just gonna go when i'm really old and it'll be really jolly and like you know just everyone will come and say hello and bye and but yeah. yes you're right we we can't always assume that's going to be the way to <laughs> <laughs> but i'm putting but, it out there <laughs> and also it, just that sense of what you were saying is about you know kind of um it's a it is a shamanic thing is the fact that kind of the because we don't have a good generally uh, most people don't have a good relationship with death so we fear it and the more we run from it the less we live so it, shamanically they say the more you embrace death the more you live that's what i was trying to say and got it yep. catastrophically yep. yes absolutely and i firmly believe in that because I, my mum has always taught me a lot about death. That sounds really macabre, but yes, like, and, and very much we've always believed in reincarnation within our family. And that has always, as a child, I, I was really fearful of death. But as an adult, it was just always sat very well with me. And I know we can't predict, you know, we may go in horrendous circumstances, but you're right. Like the more you can embrace death the more you can really fully live life you're not running yeah. away from it yeah 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 so okay that's my that's the kind of a little bit of an overview of why i certainly why i'm i practice and work with kind of reincarnation past lives and helping people to discover their past lives you know and it's always the sense in a way of the more i resolve those lives the more present and the more alive I am in the here and now. Mm -hmm. And so with that in mind, <laughs> let's let's have a little bit of an experiment. Okay. So, okay. So first of all, uh, like you said, so one of my main parts of my work is I work with color and how really kind of reincarnation past lives came up for me in both personally and also working with people is that people would be working with color and people would very often say, well, this is me, but it's not me. So they have the sense that they had, they felt as though they knew themselves, but they were experiencing themselves, let's say, different body, different time, 
in history, etc. Different story. And that was what got me into really training and doing more with past lives. So everyone, as you know, everyone has a personal colour. Um, so like Carly, I know your colour is red. Mm-hmm. And and what we'll do is we're gonna, I'm going to make sure that everyone can work out their colour. So you will all know what your colour is. Um, and it's fine. There's nine colours and it's worked from your date of birth and use medium of numbers to get to color um and carly you know your color is red yes and you know people say there's nine colors and people say yeah well okay but why this color and that's a question i often ask people as well it's like great okay you've chosen red but there was eight other colors to choose from on a soul level why did you choose this one Mm-hmm. on a deeper level what is it uh that's in a way left over that's bringing you here now in this incarnation on the frequency and the vibration of red yes <laughs> yeah you know when you said that i thought yep. about I, I don't know if you're asking me the question but i instantly thought that women in historically when we were kind of hunter gatherers we were known for collecting the berries so red and pinks were always said to be very attractive colors to us because we were seeking them out Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i don't know (laughs) okay but i'm going to take you on a little bit of a journey yeah and um i'm encouraging you all to follow this and stop pause as we go through as we go through this but so Carly, are you ready for this? Yes, okay. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. You know, because I think there's kind of the best the best way to experience the best way to understand it is to experience it live on this broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> Prepare for tears or some kind of no, I'm joking. It'll be fine. 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 So. <clears throat> What I want you to do is find your version of red and tell me when you've got that clear and what kind of red is it? Always a cherry red. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Berry red. (laughs) Cherry red. Yeah. Berry red. Yep. Cherry red. Berry red. Okay. And what I want you to do is I want you to imagine that you're breathing that that red in, that very red in. And just allow it to really soak into yourself, really feel it reaching every part of you. And I want you to now imagine that you're floating up out of your room, through your house, and up up into the sky, totally safe, up into the sky, and up, 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 until you're way above, way above the earth. It's almost like you're going so high, you can see the curve of the earth, and you're going through the atmosphere until you're floating above the world. And you can see, you know, kind of all the... Uh, all the different continents 
the countries, the oceans, the islands, you can see them all around. And I want you to start moving, navigating, orbiting the Earth, just floating round and round the Earth. And again, seeing all the continents, islands, oceans, all, all below you. Just noticing them all. And then as you orbit the Earth, just from somewhere, there's a ray of this very red light that shoots up from somewhere in the world. And you can feel yourself pulling, being pulled to it. It's like like attracts like. You're being drawn to this very red ray of light coming up from the Earth somewhere in the somewhere around the world and as as you enter this ray of light it's like gravity starts to pull you down it pulls starts to pull you down towards the earth to a different place a different time and you're coming down through the atmosphere through the sky and all the time you can feel yourself in different time, different place, different body, maybe different gender, but coming down and down until <clears throat> you find you're on the ground. And I want you to pay attention to what's the ground like under your feet. Is there anything covering your feet? Is it hot, cold, wet, dry, damp? Just really focused on your feet. And as you do so, you notice, start to notice your feet. You know, are they small, big? And as you do that, start to move up, move up your calves, and move up your legs. And again, notice anything covering them. Are they small? Um, are they kind of muscular? How are your legs? And the more you move up your body, start to have the sense of your gender. And as you continue to move up your body, you start to become more aware of your surroundings. Is this, is it night? Is it day? Is it warm? Is it cold? And what's happening around you? Has something just happened, about to happen? Are you on your own with other people? And how do you start to become aware of how you feel? And now you're embodied as this other person from another time. And have the sense of your life. 
you know, you ha we have a life story. What's happened before? What's brought you to this moment in time? So imagine you're kind of filling out this character. You're getting to know this person's life story. And then I want you to put it, imagine there's a part, another part of you that can, like on a DVD, you put it on fast forward. You can put this life story on fast forward. And I want to put it on fast forward to just before the end of the life, just before you as this character come to the end of your life. What's happening? Who's around you? Are you on your own? What's about to happen? You know what's about to happen. You're about to take your last breath. Just be aware of it as much as you can. What's happening? Maybe it's confusing. Maybe you're not sure. But I'm going to count to three and you're going to take your last breath. One, two, three. That's it. That life is over. And just notice, how do you feel? You know, kind of maybe you're still with your body. Notice what happens. Where do you go to? How do you feel? And what's your last thought? What are you feeling in your body? And with the thought, with feelings, notice where you're holding them in your body. And then I want you as Carly to now look at this character and just say to them, this story is over. This story has finished. It's one of the most, the beginnings of the healing is to allow this character, these characters to know that that story is finished. That's that's finished, that we're no longer living in that story. And then in your own time, I wanted to rebreathe that cherry red and fill yourself up, you as Carly, with that color, with that cherry red and feel it going way down into the earth, way down into Mother Earth, connecting with her life force. And as much as those roots go down, feel her energy coming back up into you, welcoming you here in the here and now into this earth in this moment in time.
and really almost that sense of saying to yourself, I am here, I am Kali, in this day and this time, I am here. Wow. Are you still with us, Carly? Yeah, I just had a moment and I knew I'd have a moment because this is what you do to us, Mark. <laughs> that was, oh, I can't, I had, wow, I, I, I had everything and it wasn't even hard and it was really, it's really funny because when I, I, I recently watched the film Doctor Sleep and there's, I don't know if you've ever seen the film of the book. No. Stephen yeah. King. So it's really interesting because there's kind of, it's, it's not, but it almost reminds me of like the, you know, astral projection. When you said about looking at the earth and so on, I kind of, that was really easy for me to do because I felt I was looking at the earth and, 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 you know, going off on that journey, similar to seeing that movie. That's okay. That in the DVD, but I have no relation to this place at all. And I went to Ohio. What did, should I tell you? What I saw, or yeah, 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 yeah. I'm very yeah. curious. Yeah, yeah, and I'm sure I, everyone else is curious as well. <laughs> it, uh, it's not anything like that. So I went to Ohio. That straight away came up. I have no idea about the train. What Ohio's like? I probably need. To, I've never been to America. Bear in mind. Yeah. I'm in Ohio. Yeah. I'm on a cornfield. All I know and all I got when you said timing was it's liffa, it's liffa. Um, yeah. it's hot. My there, I'm looking at the, straight away the imagery I got was I'm in a cornfield, there's a tractor, there's young boys standing on it and sorting things out. And I've also there's also a young girl to like the left in my eyesight. And so there's one girl she's probably about 13 14 there's a younger like a bit older boy on the tractor there's another boy on the right hand side they're kind of older teenagers mm -hmm. i'm stood on the cornfield staring up at them and i just know i'm eight like straight away that came up yep. and i've got just like my feet is you know the ground's really dry like same as you'd expect in a cornfield but it's really dry and it's really harsh because it's just been cut in the bit that i'm standing in and um i've got a little and i just i just say plaid look not in pattern like it's kind of like an, a brownie kind of a very light brown dress on but it's quite stiff in terms of like I want to say plaid as if that's the material, but I don't know. Um, that just came in my mind. Nothing fancy at all because we aren't fancy. There's a farm, there's a big farmhouse in the kind of, now when I say this, this is not how the house looks, but the shape of it is similar and it kind of goes up to a point to think of um, uh, the, the film where, the guy murders all the family and the house is Amptville. So it's a similar shape to that okay, as in yeah. like at the top, mm -hmm. it goes yeah. up to a point. And I know my mum and dad are in there in my yeah. mind. I just know they're in the house and that's all I can see, but I'm just 
I'm sort of laughing because we get on really well. That that's actually my sister and my two brothers. They're just mm-hmm. sweating out the tractor, but trying to feel really grown up and so on, like the two boys. And I'm just kind of looking at them like, I can't wait till I'm older. Then, oh, and the year, I don't know why I know this, is 1918. Right. When I'm at the the, the second scene, I'm 11, my shoulders were round my ears because I'm in bed and I'm like just, my mum's like wringing her hands, bringing soup and I'm wasting away, like I'm really skinny. Mm-hmm. Um, but <clears throat> I'm relieved to go because yeah. I'm, I feel so ill that, and this is why I, di- I didn't feel emotional this time around because I wanted to go because I was so tired of being sick but I felt my shoulders I felt were up around my ears because I felt and this I really struggle with meditating and anything like this I felt like I was trying to hold it together and be strong for everyone else when really I had wanted to go for a while because I felt so ill and I knew I wasn't going to be staying but relief that was the overwhelming feeling i had to lower my shoulders because i felt it was such a burden i didn't want anyone to be upset about me going that was my only thing yep um wow and so i didn't feel deeply emotional because she just felt so glad to go but the mum was really hysterical yeah yeah mm-hmm. it was a very different experience to yeah because it was just like oh thank you know thank goodness i'm going yeah Yep. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so whenever we have, when we're very specific about kind of ages and kind of things like this, and specifically when we, when we've, let's say in those stories, when we've died young, it's always worth, it's always references. And it's always worth thinking about going back on, okay, what and you know, kind of it's something to think about is like what was happening when you were eight and when you were eleven, because these are significant points that always show up. Mm. It's ages. The ages that come also have somehow relevance to this life. Oh, then that would make a lot of sense because I had a really <laughs> wow. I had. And this is kind of childhood stuff, but I went to a a school that I really, really liked when I was really younger. And it was like with all my local friends and, you know, like they were all, you know, they were like, I really, really loved going to this school and bless my parents. Like they took me out of it probably because they felt it was it like it was quite a rough school. It wasn't, it wasn't, but they took me out because I think they had like ideas of grandeur for me. (laughs) (laughs) They took me to listen, like much posher school. It was still like a state school and I absolutely hated it and it traumatized, it really, really affected me because I, I'd lost all my friends. I went to this school and I felt like one of the rough kids amongst loads of really posh kids and then 11 going on to secondary school and it was like kind of two points where I completely wasn't myself because I felt like I had to I was just yeah I just had to change for other people or I just couldn't be myself because yeah it was just yeah genuinely like at those two ages that kind of instantly when you said that that's what comes to mind it was too it was too much at that age so interesting that she too this young girl had to hold on because Mm -hmm. didn't want to upset other people 
yeah and my parents like they really wanted it for us but it was just yeah. like yeah it's just <laughs> wow <laughs> yeah. yeah and then you know kind of i guess after it was a bit of a shit show from 11 <laughs> yep and also taking into you know the thing of kind of uh the thing of like um what you were saying earlier is about always let's say taking or like doing things for other people you were holding on you desperately wanted to go oh this is such mark when you when that came up i instantly knew what it was i am i will hurt myself to not let other people down that is i i will i have stayed in relationships like friendships romantic relationships to not hurt the other person, which is crazy to me. And I've when I've really broken it down, because I haven't wanted to hurt the other person, but I've deeply hurt myself. And that is crazy. But I instantly related to that and the burden. Yep. And yep. I think so many people listening to this will go through the same and think, oh my goodness, like that's such a theme for my life, like what I do. Yep. And it's that sense of kind of... Um, you know, it's to me when we explore these stories, we can look at them as, let's say, as actual stories, as actually things that happened in another time. That's on one level, great because you knew it was in Ohio, you knew it was like nineteen eighteen, etc. Um, so you can look at it on that level and say, oh, let me go and do a little bit of research and see what was happening in around that time. We can look at it and say how you know the ages what happened to me emotionally and what happened in my life at those specific ages we can look at so we can look at it from that perspective and how does that impact my life now and we can also view them as like uh symbols where we can look at these past life stories as symbols from the unconscious symbols from the soul as to help us understand something and heal something you saying that has just made me realize so if i was 11 when i passed away that would make that year 1821 mm -hmm. 100 years ago from today and like now i genuinely like this year i genuinely feel like i'm like live laugh love in my best life <laughs> but yeah that that because i have i have done a lot of work mm -hmm. on not hurting myself to keep others happy this year alone has been and very recently i i i i i cut the cord on one on a very big relationship in my life mm -hmm. and that was um and i was deeply unhappy and burdened and stressed because i was going along with one relationship in my life because i didn't want to hurt the other person by leaving but i was desperate to go and the minute i severed that tie my life catapulted forward within yeah it was instantaneous yeah that's so powerful <laughs> i wasn't emotional because i wanted to go but then i've worked i've 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 been in another workshop with you doing a similar not the yeah. same it was, it was a very different one and it was that was deeply moving because my deathbed concern was very different and it was very emotional and the narrative was different to this time round. Yes. which is relief. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, so yep. You're a wizard, Mark. You're a wizard. <laughs> <laughs>
it's just amazing I just I can't I always sort of think oh no I don't think I'm going to get there this time but that was just amazing wow (laughs) and also you know kind of so that's kind of very often let's say healing the wounds changing the energy the frequency and the vibration of a situation um but equally we can do it the other way around and so like you were saying you know uh we you were talking earlier about kind of with conscious creation and wanting to have and there's always this thing is you can't long for something that you've never known Mm, i love that concept you know, I can't say, oh, I'm longing for this particular style of relationship. And even, and people can say, well, have you ever had that? And you go, no, but maybe not in this lifetime. Mm-hmm. So that's where this idea for me is where you can't long for something that you don't already know on a soul level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I absolutely believe, yeah. You're right on that, definitely. Mm. So equally, so you know, kind of obviously, there's shadow, there's shadow work, <laughs> which yeah. I absolutely love, um, and yeah, um, but the also Jung wrote a lot about shadow, but the stuff he didn't, and there's not so much about, which is the golden shadow. Yes. Okay. I only learn of this from you. Yes. Yeah. So the golden shadow is mm, kind of sometimes a little bit more difficult. Shadow work is challenging at the best of time, but golden shadow in its own way is more challenging because let's say um, we, we all know, we can all kind of give a pretty good description of everything that maybe we think is wrong with us or we don't like or challenges we have, you know, from the point of view of, let's say, working with shadows, stuff like that. So we can do. However, when people start telling you all the good stuff, it's a little bit more difficult to accept. Yes. You know, when we start, when we start sort of focusing on the, let's say that bit and say, you're amazing, you're fantastic. It's a bit like, I'll give you an, an example. You know, when you walk into a room and someone says, you look amazing. And if you observe the person who they've said it to will always find a way to take away the amazing. They will say, oh, this whole thing, oh, I bought, you know, oh, it was reduced at, I don't know, wherever. Oh, I bought this online. Oh, and it's like we're constantly trying to reduce ourselves because it's a little bit too much. My daughter's got like Kanye West level uh, confidence in some respects because if she yeah. gets a compliment, I've always kind of just taught her like, just say thank you, you know, yes. just you know, yeah. like empowering her kind of thing. <laughs> she's she's kind of gone from that. And she's in this phase at the moment. I'll give her a, com- a compliment. She'll go, yes, I know. And I'm like, all right, they're like, <laughs> like you know, rein it in. Come on. But no, it's, it's, it's true. Like we do yeah. diminish any compliments that we get and uh, struggle to take them on board unless you're Amelie. But yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> but I do. I also do think uh, and I do think, Carly, there's kind of there is uh, the current gen- the current young generation. <laughs> <laughs> they're just Kanye. Emily, 
Kanye West level ego. That's the concern. Yeah. They really, they don't seem to have that same kind of uh, challenge, shall we say? Worryingly, yes, yeah, yeah absolutely, somewhat worrying. Um, but yeah. anyway, so the idea that so the golden shadow is yes, we and so it's about looking for the lives where we've had the things that we're seeking. Mm. So let's say you were talking about kind of relationship. And the that you can only know, let's say, long for um, that relate that style of relationship or that type of relationship, the more the feeling that it brings, because in somewhere in your DVD collection, <laughs> yeah, there is a there. number of there is a number of stories, there is a number of films when you've had that. That's so true you say that because, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I mean, my thing is um, I, I know that it exists and it's not in terms of relationships. Yeah. I've never settled. I've never got married. I've had some very good relationships. Um, I've got much more aware and I've worked through a lot of stuff, but although I still keep attracting and yeah. like an addict so that that rep, that sort of reflects on like a version of me in this lifetime as well mm-hmm. but i do feel at a soul level that i very much had a kind of and i almost always think on this always comes to mind and i don't know why i always think of so virginia wolf she was yep. obviously deeply creative deeply i'm not in any like I'm not in any way trying to compare myself to Virginia Woolf. I'm looking at the dynamic of the relationship with her and her husband. Um, Cause I always think he seemed to be quite a supportive kind of gen like gentleman in regards to that relationship. He embraced her and who she was and her creativity and some of her, you know, mental wellness and so on. And that almost kind of seems to kind of, when I saw a film on her, I think it's the hours and, you know, a few things I yeah. read. I don't know why, but on some level it felt familiar. Mm-hmm. That I had that kind of relationship in a former life with a very, and there's only one relationship in this lifetime that was a very similar dynamic. And it's always the one that I've, I've like struggled to, I, I struggled a lot to let go of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then so it, that definitely rings true in what you're saying. I do see, and I think that's why I struggled to let go of that relationship because yeah. it felt familiar in, in a, at a soul level. Yeah. And it's not about, let's say, uh, so it's not about the person, you know, kind of, so it's not about the other person. It's mm. always about actually, let's say, how do I feel? What does, what does this remind me of? And you could do, you know, as an exercise, you can do exactly the same thing like you've actually done, Carly. You can say, well, okay, it would be like what? What would the story be? You know, this longing, if we use relationship, if it's relationship or maybe um, it's a certain kind of work that you have or some or work you do or something that fulfills you, you can say, well, it would be like this. Allow it like give your give yourself permission, give the soul permission to give you a story. 
that's so powerful every time i've been in like a workshop of yours or i i'm i always come out of it thinking i understand myself like at a soul level genuinely like i'm like i've never thought about this concept with the relationship dynamic and that in a sense even just saying that let alone the other work we've done today like and everyone else is going to be doing that concept you know me thinking on what you said about you represent it on some soul level like you you recognize it on some soul level has made me think actually that makes me understand the kind of relationship that i'm i would like to have (laughs) just by that one sort of you know one realization through us talking that's really powerful and i think we really want to hear as well mark we talked about this we really want to hear people's experiences as well following on from the show and what they've oh absolutely (laughs) yeah (laughs) i'm always kind of like yeah i'm always so curious about people's stories and people's experiences you know and just to say very often people say well how do i know i'm not making this up well Jung would always say well so what if you're making it up because your imagination has given it to you absolutely and again like you'd recognize it on some level so are you making it up yep exactly so and then if you want to go even and, and also it's this is very similar to like shamanic journeying as well in that the shamans never question what they see it's only the rational side of our mind and modern day society that causes us to do that you have to kind of go along but but more so i think well again you would have to kind of seen that for the soul to recognize it for your imagination to have come up with it yes because it's like saying okay here's a here's even if you take it as like it's a symbolic life story hmm. oh that's the art uh, this is such powerful what, what stuff work you're doing mark and I really think, yeah, people are going to have some wonderful stories. I'm going to suggest that people, I mean, obviously, like, go over and follow Mark. So Mark has got a book uh, that I will put links to in the show notes. So his book is Add a Little Colour to Your Life. That I've got that correct, haven't I, Mark? I'm yeah, re- yeah. And I need to read this. I'm really excited to read your book. But you also, and I know, I think you're going to have like an influx of people because you offer individual and group sessions also, don't you? I do. Yes, yes, yes. It's really kind of like to go through in a different way. Well, it's similar, but kind of, you know, kind of to help people really explore the personal stories to go into it deeper. Yeah. Absolutely. This is like, this is a lot and this is scratching the surface. So I I can't imagine, you know, how deep that you can. Well, I know, actually, because there's a few stories that you told me, I think, and I hope I'm OK to say this, the story about the lady that was trying for a baby that was deeply oh, yeah. moving. So yes. I don't know if we're allowed to go into that at all, because that's like real monumental stuff. Yeah. And that was more that was um, she'd been trying, trying, trying um at all kinds of ways and then we did actually find a story of not being able to have or a child being taken away oh wow the imprint was i'm a bad mother yep yep and quintessentially obviously kind of would in a sense hold you back in this lifetime from 
mm-hmm. at some level from being able to move forward. Because it's that sense of, again, think of it like this, as, as we were saying, is that thought, I'm a bad mother, almost like ripples out through lifetimes. Think of it energetically. That thought ripples through lifetimes. Yes, yes, absolutely. And then your whole narr- narrative is set for this lifetime. Yep. Without you recognising, understanding, or understanding where your beliefs come from or anything. It's just inherent you know it's just moved with you through to now so that thought you know whether it's kind of if it's something let's say like i'm a bad mother yes that may impact on our ability to conceive but that also may be um you may kind of try to counterbalance that against of being let's say overly motherly so then you might become you know over possessive over almost like um almost like smothering because of this underlying belief which says i'm a bad mother yeah yeah so sometimes we compensate what we've what's happened in one life maybe we compensate uh overcompensate in this life yes yes definitely definitely and there's so many ways it's very you know kind of it's not one size you know it's not one size fits all um it's always it's i'm amazed even after even after 21 years of doing this of the stories you you just couldn't make it up i also remember you saying to me that you will really only the jolly life you had with no trauma no kind of real issue like you're kind of likely won't have come up because when you'd have passed you'd have been quite accepting and quite happy but the it's the ones that were fairly traumatic that will always come up and be the source of the wound because of the way you went and and obviously yeah ultimately the the life and what the belief was as a result of that life yes that's interesting because it's kind of yeah realistically the the lives that you'll probably the lifetimes you'll probably have come up if you did the work on this podcast episode will be the more traumatic ones but there are ones that you would have had that would have been fine and dandy and you know could have just been lovely and great <laughs> <laughs> the other ones the other ones we don't have we don't always access first off because you know they're the ones that have healed. They're the ones who we've completed. There's nothing. To, there's nothing to soar. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And they are. They are, in a way, what I sometimes what I, what I refer to as your resource life. Right. Okay. You know, they they're the ones that you can tap into. Um. To say, well, okay, I need a little bit of help here. <laughs> when did i do this yeah 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 <laughs> flip through the dvd collection <laughs> yeah exactly exactly because then then it's and that's the thing that's what i love about it is you've got uh, we've got access to these this amazing resources and the ones and when we heal let's say when we heal these past lives um they then become allies yes yep you know it's almost like i'm just gonna kind of 
leave this here it's a bit like 90s nostalgia for me where we're going into blockbusters to go and choose which dvd we're going to look back on as we collect our snacks and you know probably wearing like typical 90s makeup like maybe some like frosted lip gloss and pencil line eyebrows it's just bringing all the the, the nostalgia instead of going into like the akashic records library we're putting a 90s twist on it <laughs> Clearly, we were in the same video store. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, one might have been donning a like velour tracksuit and Ugg boots, something horrific of the 90s. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was, you know, the Saturday. Oh, if you that was the Saturday afternoon fun of going to Blockbusters. Yeah. Did you? Oh, wow. There's like yeah. instant nostalgia and joy comes up with that memory in this lifetime. So yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> so, Mark, I'm gonna I'm gonna add so everyone can find all your details in the show notes. Your book, which yep. I'm looking forward to reading. I'm also so I'm gonna be reading that shortly. I've got a lot of time off over Christmas that I'm gonna be reading heavily. So, I, as I said, Mark offers individual and group sessions. So for more information on that, I will put a link to his website, the Work With Me page in the show notes. You can email Mark on mark at colorforlife.com. You might want to email him and let him know about experiences that you had following the pod, like through work on the podcast that we've done today. Obviously, a caveat, you know, I appreciate some of this can get to be quite heavy stuff. So Again, same as, you know, with the shadow work episode and so on, if you need to follow up with a trained counsellor or anything, that's always advisable. But again, you know, you can work through this this side of things. But yes, again, you know, you might want to book a session with Mark to do more about that lifetime for some deep level healing as well. Mark, thank you so much. This has been amazing. What's your Instagram handle as well so people can find you? Yep, it's I am color for life and color is the english spelling of color c-o-l-o-u-r for f-o-r life i am color for life go over and follow mark he's oh, such an inspiring knowledgeable soul i've learned so much from mark he's just a wealth of information i'm so looking forward to us working together again in january but actually mark and i we might be working on some workshops around the goddesses and so on in like next year if i'm lucky and he'll work with me <laughs> oh god yes we could just, we could we could hey carly we could just actually find um kind of a video store that hasn't hasn't sold we could hold it there <laughs> We're going to set up like the tragedy section, the romance yeah. section. We'll, you can yeah. come in and collect your, bring your blockbuster, blockbuster card. We'll think on a name, bring yeah. your blockbuster card, come and choose your DVD for your past life. And Mark <laughs> and I will see you at the counter. But bring your yeah. popcorn and yeah. Yeah. all your treats. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and wear a 90s, the, the fancy dress is something 90s theme. Oh, absolutely. So, yep. Yep. Like, yeah. Don your Britney Spears-esque outfits. We will see you there. Yeah, I love this. I'm going to have to find a meme or something that I can tweet this for the <laughs> Mark, you are honestly amazing. Thank you so much for this. I'm so grateful. You're very, very welcome. I've so enjoyed it as well. <laughs> Me too. Thank you so much. All right. Bye. Bye.
Bye. Bye, bye. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you like my work, you can find my new book, The White Witch's Book of Healing. I'll put the link in the show notes. You can also find me over on Patreon on The White Witch Coven. Within that, you can find grimoire sheets relating to series two of the podcast. You can find our wonderful witchy community. There's quite a few of us and we hold a monthly coven chat. You can find the Literary Witches Coven within that if you wanted to get involved with our book club. We are currently reading The Winter Witch, written by Paula Braxton. But you also get an exclusive monthly Patreon podcast episode, and you also get lots of other extra witchy content. All my socials are in the show notes. I hope you have a great week, witches. Lots and lots of witchy love. softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.